that you cannot buy. Finding a way where you cannot see. Man with this system, he cannot pray. I need to find relief. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Peace in Mind, where we value our health, our body, and our time. And I have my wonderful mother here with me today who is going to share some amazing knowledge, experiences, tips of navigating the unexpected, especially with us being in our 20s for my primary target audience and what we thought we were going to be doing or the optimization of our lives of what we wanted to do and getting everything and how we might be taking different pathways to get to that same area of fulfillment or same area of purpose of what's being placed on our hearts. So I definitely wanted to sit down with my mom, very intellectual woman, just to like ask questions and also obtain some knowledge and insights as well. So hey, hi, how are you? Doing good. It's good. Thank you for the invite. Of course. I'm glad that you're here. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. All right. Talk about navigating the unexpected. Yes, navigating the unexpected. So I guess before we jump into that, um, do you just want to share a brief background, maybe like where you went to college, what degrees you have, and kind of like general, like what area you're in now? Okay. So, um, as you very well know, I am from a small town, Cone, Georgia. Um, I attended Valdosta State College, now university. Right. Um, I graduated with an accounting degree mm -hmm. in 1991, okay. just a few years back. That's it. Uh, yeah, and then I had plans in my 20s to transition into that field. Um, based on my degree. Okay. Uh, that didn't necessarily happen. I guess we'll talk about that in detail a little bit. And, yeah. um, I did, however, get a job with the state, okay. retired from state government, okay. now with federal government, and uh, I've been blessed, really blessed in my career. That's good. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I guess like reverse engineering it real quick. Do you have any advice for people who are looking or wanting to go into government or that industry, whether that is state or federal or both, just from a very high level standpoint or point of view? Yeah, so um, my biggest piece of advice is to be flexible. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're considering careers or opportunities in government, um, and honestly, I just think you have to be passionate about serving people. That's right. Um, when I expressed an interest in government, you know, state, local, federal government, they were very good paying jobs. Um, a lot of focus on health yeah. benefits. Okay. Uh, things have changed since that time and like it is in any other industry. Yeah. So I would just strongly recommend that if you are considering a career in government, whether it's the local level, state level, federal level, it needs to be based on your passion to serve people. I love that. Passion is very important. I think it fuels you. It keeps you going. It keeps you interested. It keeps you curious in certain aspects and wanting to be proactive in the work that you're doing. And I think other people can see when you're proactive and what's going on so oh and it keep you motivated and hard it keep you motivated yeah yes. because I do believe discipline can carry you in certain aspects and situations when you might not feel like doing something in the short term but in my unpo unpopular opinion I feel like discipline also can only carry you so far because when 
you're just unmotivated to do certain aspects or not passionate, I think that it can spill and bleed over to other areas of your life. So. Personal, professional. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and then again, you know, no job is perfect. At all. I just want to lift that up. No job is perfect. No person is perfect. Right. So um, I would strongly make sure that you are um, aware of yeah. that and accepting because they're, you know, you don't want to go into it looking for profession, whether it's government or private sector or nonprofit. There's no perfect job, no perfect people. And so, like you, like you mentioned, you know, that passion carries you do when things get tough. Yeah, and I think that one aspect of that that really like stuck out to me or resonated with me was like the accepting part. I don't know if it's just the me, maybe it's our family bloodline type of thing, maybe it's our generation thing, but I think it takes people a while to actually accept something because I think we want what we want, we want to do what we want, but then we get so tired when it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen or when we want it to happen and I think it takes time after time after time after time when you finally like sit down and you look back and you be like okay I am exhausted I am tired and I'm drained and I actually think it is so skillful to be able to accept something and realizing like hey it might not happen when I want it or the timing I want it or this might not be as healthy or as beneficial to me as I perceive it to be. Well, and that's the key. I was sitting here thinking, Christopher, when you were speaking, perception really and truly is people's reality. That is true. So whether um, it's an environment that you perceive to be positive or you perceive to be negative, that is your reality. Mm. And so I cannot stress enough Mm. how you are so right because, I mean, it's been tough. Even though I mentioned earlier how blessed I've been in my career, I've had some really hard times. And those hard times are based on what I wanted, uh, how I thought a person should manage, how I thought a person should communicate, uh, what I thought I I deserved. So that's the reason why being flexible is so important um, and being accepting brings a bit of peace. Yeah. I like that. Can you speak on the flexibility piece a little bit more. And what I mean by that is how do you get to an area or an area opportunity to be flexible, to like, to navigate that space, if that makes sense? How how does one get that way? Yeah, so being flexible and being accepting is hard. Let's be clear. Right. Let's be very, very clear. So, you know, I would start off by saying self-evaluation is one technique you can use. Because you mentioned earlier how, you know, you can be in a situation and, you know, things are not going the way you expected and you just keep trying, you get tired, you get frustrated. Well, self-evaluation can help because you can assess the situation and in assessing the situation, it's important to say, okay, why is this happening? Is it happening because it's just the current environment? Being um, influenced by politics, uh, being influenced by the economy, um, being influenced just by the the work environment. Am I contributing to this issue? You know, I mean, self-evaluation is key. And most people, contrary to public opinion, do not self-evaluate. And it's funny that you say that because that links directly to the next thing that I was going to talk about. That self-evaluation in the quote-unquote, not me effect. I think that not only do a lot of people not self-evaluate, but I think people who 
do self-evaluate might not do it from a holistic standpoint. And what I mean by that is I've seen people who said that they self-evaluated in certain situations or circumstances or dynamics and that self-evaluation is not accurate or that self-evaluation is not full length and they're like, oh, well, I've done what I needed to do to make sure that I've held myself accountable, but in my personal opinion, no, you haven't. Or people are quick to say, like, the not me effect. Like, if you were to take a survey of the world and people were to say, do you think that you're a cause of why the world is today or why the world might not be in a perfect state? A lot of people will say, I mean, no, not necessarily me. I can see, like, why in a lot of other areas other people are, but a lot of people don't think that they are a direct contribution to why things are not in an ideal state. Yeah, you know, Chris, that, 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 is, that is so true. Um, I just want to throw in these three P's real quick. Okay. I use them in my professional life, um, and I think they are associated with self-evaluation and whether or not there's progress. So the three P's I try to really focus on in my professional career, the first one is people. Okay, people. Uh-huh. The second one is like process. Okay, process. And then the last one is performance. People, process, performance. Three Ps. Okay. And people can take these three Ps and you can apply it in your personal life. So let's just talk about the example you just provide. When, you know, a person self-evaluates uh, and in their self-evaluation, they feel like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to hold myself accountable. Um, but the truth of the matter is, if you look at it from a three P, okay, so let's talk about the people first. If you really are self-evaluating, then what type of impact does that have on the people that is around you? Mm. Is it a positive impact? Is it a negative impact? Is it the same impact you think that you're having on the people that's around you? That's the big thing. You know, that's really the big um, reason why it's so important to be flexible. Flexible to what other people think. And so that leads you right into the second P, which is process. So once you've self-evaluated, once you're flexible and receiving feedback and criticism, then what do you do with it? You know, then it's time for you to take some type of action. And what does that process look like? Does that process look like, oh, do I need to spend time with myself to really and truly figure out what action I should take? You know, to improve. Self-improvement is always, always important. Or is it something I need help with? Do I need some external factors involved? You know, is that the process I'm going to take? So that's the reason why considering the impact you have on people is important. Once you consider that impact, you determine what process you're going to put in place to make changes for yourself, whether you're taking an internal route or an external route. And then what does it look like after that? That's the last piece, performance. Self-improvement is important. And so what does that, that progress look like? Does it, does it look like you change your communication style? Yeah. Do you modify your leadership style? Do you stand firm? This is who I am. You know, this is what I believe in. This is how I'm going to treat people. This is how I'm going to handle things. You know, identifying what that performance is going to look like will dictate whether or not you're making progress, staying the same, or you're regressing. Yeah. No, I love how you broke that down. That was honestly, like, very, very insightful. And, like, one of my most resonating pieces that I heard from that was kind of like how you focused and honed in on that you slash I as well. Because I think that people are so 
willing to tell other people that they need to change or that they need to do this or that they need to modify. And I'm guilty of it in some situations as well as I look back and reflect on some of the things that I've even asked for advice from as well. But it's like, okay, if you can't change somebody else, there's always something that you and you being yourself, something that I can do to remove myself from the situation, remove myself from the environment, adapt and modify. And I like that you focused on that because I think that if we focus so much on what we can do individually versus trying to adapt and modify somebody else to our perception or our reality, life would be a lot more smoother and a lot more peaceful. Well, it would decrease um, disappointment. That is well. So let's just use you as an example. You are my son, smart, educated, but with two different people. Mm-hmm. I cannot control what you do. Right. I can ask you to do things. Right. I can make recommendations. Right. But you are, are a young adult in control of your own life. Right. So as long as I'm trying to make you do something I want you to do, I set myself up for disappointment. All I can do yeah. is control me. Yeah. So in order to decrease the amount of disappointment in that particular example, I have to modify how I communicate with you, right. how I view uh, what you're doing, and, and how I respond yeah. to you not mm. following my advice yeah. or following what I think you should do. Right. That right. decreases... Disappointment. disappointment because the expectations change. The expectation has changed. And what, how you said, how you communicate or what actions or tools that you do as a result of me not doing well, what I you, you think right. is best. Right. And what works for you in that case. And I think that that takes people a lot longer than people would think or it's expect hard. because. It's very hard. A lot of people think I'm I'm the best. I know what's best. I know what's right based off of my experiences, which is honestly like a small bubble versus like the whole world. This is what needs to happen. But people have to remember, even you and I, yes, like I've lived in your house for years upon years, but we still don't have identical experiences because you've lived a life before I was here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went off to college for four years and you didn't see much of that intrinsic so like that's what people have to remember as well that everybody doesn't or hasn't lived the exact same well times change yeah you know my college experience that's true too of course may be similar but still different than your college experience right based on where you attended who was involved the environment what's going on the type of people involved cost I went to college during COVID (gasps) Just little things. Yes. We yes. we we transitioned from in person classes to hybrid or Zoom, mm-hmm. Microsoft Teams on a consistent basis. Yes. Yes. Things change. Things change. Now that doesn't mean that you can't value the experiences that um, family and friends offer. Right. I know my parents offered a lot of advice and a lot of direction. And truth be told, when I was young. Some of that direction I felt was old-fashioned right. and outdated, um, and it was beneficial. Mm-hmm. And then others were old-fashioned yeah. and outdated. So it's just 
that that goes back to what I was saying earlier too, Chris, about being flexible. Yeah. I just would strongly recommend that you be willing to listen. There's difference in hearing what someone is telling you and listening. And so if you listen, then you can take the advice or experience that people share with you, try to determine whether or not it's going to benefit you. Right. And what doesn't benefit, doesn't fit, you can leave it, but then use what you can. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. And then that brought me up. So it sounds and feels like discerning the unexpected. And I feel like discernment is a huge value in the world that people... How do I articulate this? Just have to be careful because like you said, even when I ask like wise people in my life for advice on different circumstances and situations, I don't hear the same response or answer from everyone. Someone might tell me to do this. Somebody might tell me to do that. And I value both of these people highly, but based off of their experiences and how they've encountered the situation could provide a different example. So I think knowing everything and how I feel internally and also what I've experienced in life and also taking that advice from different people, collecting that, and then at the end of the day, discerning what I think is best. Yeah, and then, you know, I appreciate you bringing up discernment too because truth of the matter is everyone doesn't have it. You think so? I, I don't think everyone has discernment. And the reason why, it's not... It's not uh, Interesting. It's not a situation where people choose not to have discernment. It's a situation where you have the ability to take a step back yeah. regardless to what's going on yeah. um, and assess. And sometimes, mm. given the situation, given the level of stress, given your level of passion on a particular subject, you know, if you're so passionate about something, it can just put blinders on you. Yeah, it can. And no matter what good advice or great experience people share with you, you don't take the step back to say, okay, is this really going to benefit me? Or is it really something I can, I should listen to? Because we're so eager to get something resolved or to get something done the way we want it. Right. So discernment is tricky depending on how passionate you are, depending on the situation, depending on you know, how eager you are to get something accomplished. We, as people, may not take the time out to discern what's best. Do you think, I know you said that you don't think that people have it, but do you think that that that's something people... I don't think everyone has it. Everyone has it. Do you think that's something that people can build over time? I think it's associated with personality. It's personality. Um, environment and patience. Patience is a huge one. Because when we're young, not always, but most of the time when we're young, we may be impatient. Yes. Because we want things to happen quickly. Yes. Or when we want them to happen. Or when we want them to happen. And then as you get older and you gain experience, good and bad, you learn that um, having patience sometimes works to your benefit. Things may not come when you want them, but they come either when you need them or right on time. Right on time. Wow. No, that's really, really good. Things might not come when you want them, Mm. but they come either when you need them or right on time. I can give you an example. Okay. 
Um, I mentioned how I've been blessed in my career. Right. And so I retired from state government, working from the Department of Health and Human Services. Okay. And in um, a previous role, uh, I mentioned that I wanted to serve in a higher position right. at the federal level. Right. Uh, I mentioned this in 2018. Okay. And uh, this role that I was interested in is a, a political po a political position and you have to get appointed to it and so you just kind of never know what's going to happen right. and I didn't get the job wow. and so I was really disappointed mm -hmm. I was extremely disappointed but you know I accepted it and moved on and then when I stopped thinking about it how long did it take you to move on I think it took me a good six months to move on. Okay. It took me a good six months, again, reevaluating, self-evaluation, mm -hmm. not just about whether or not I was the best person for the job, but self-evaluating what was happening in my life at the time. Mm -hmm. What was happening in my life, both personally and professionally. Right. So when I got the call uh, about being interested in this federal position I'm serving now, which was in 2021, three years later, it came at the perfect time. The perfect time in my life. So that's just, just one example, Chris, on how it didn't come when I wanted it to. Yeah. But it really came right on time. Right. No, that's really, really good. And I love that because we don't know every single intricacy of things that happen when we're heartbroken or upset or like when something doesn't happen we want we don't know what's going to go down in the future so like how you said in 2021 you didn't know that that or in 2021 when you got that opportunity i wasn't even focused on it anymore you wasn't yeah you wasn't even thinking about what other opportunities could have came after that until it finally came but having that faith accepting it and moving on like you said that way you can open yourself to other blessings or to other options or other pathways as well so i really love that too I guess my next question to you is, when do we decide that enough is enough, it might be time to move on to something else completely? And what I mean by that is, what is the balance of, no, I'm going to stick it out, I'm going to stick to the fight, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to let the world beat me up and, and, and move on to something else because I know that this is on my mind, this is on my heart versus maybe these are signs that this is not the way that you're supposed to reach your purpose. Maybe it is the same purpose, but maybe it's in a different route. Maybe it's a different pathway. And that's what somebody brought to me the other day, just painting a picture. They said sometimes they feel like a purpose is here like your purpose stays the same, but the route in which you reach your purpose might not be the same route. And you keep trying to attack mm -hmm. your purpose from this same angle because yeah. that's the road from your from a narrow perspective that you see. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you accept that that might not be the way to get it, you realize that, oh, there's three, four, five other different pathways that you can still reach that purpose. So that's a good question, Chris. And let me just answer the question first and then circle back to some, some advice. So I think that um, the timing in which you decide to let something go or, or, or um, 
move away from a specific route is when it's disturbing your peace. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when something wow. is disturbing your peace. That's big. You know, that is when you that's when it's time to let it go. So, you know, let's just go with a personal example and a professional example. You know, most oftentimes in a personal example, it's dealing with some type of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or, you know, a friendship. Even it could be um, a relationship with a family member. Right. You know, it could be any type of relationship. And so a lot of times in, in these personal situations, we're giving it all we got because we love these people. We care for these people, you know, and we want to give it all we have. Well, we want them to give all they have to the relationship we have established. But um, in those type of situations, you know when something is disturbing your peace, when mm-hmm. you are upset emotionally all of the time, mm-hmm. when you can't sleep or you can't eat or, or things is just really um, hurting who you are wow. as an individual. That's when you know that you have to make changes right. in that relationship. And that you have to accept that it's not going to be the way you want it to be. The way you want it to be. You know, that doesn't mean that you just always cut people off. I mean, we're, you know, family is going to be family whether you're communicating with them or not. Um, a relationship may go from a romantic relationship to a friendship. Let me pause you. So there's this huge divide and gap in our generation that I think is different than your generation. I would love to hear your mindset and perspective on it because it dinged in my head when you said family will always be family. That is indeed true from a biological and bloodline perspective. But I guess my question to you from your generation is do you believe that if a family member is toxic or a family member is disrupting your peace or a family member is not the healthiest for your life based on whatever circumstances that it might be, that that person should always be in your life. And see, that's that's the answer is no. Oh, okay. The answer is no. And that's what I meant when I said when is disrupting your peace. Okay. So, you know, we're related. Right. You know, and when people are related, let's just use a sibling relationship, for example. When you're young, you're growing up in the same house. Right. You know, so you grow up in the same house, but as you get older um, and you you develop a path for your life, you may or may not communicate with a sibling frequently. You may or may not spend time, you know, with an adult child frequently. Right. You know, because people are different. And so... Um, I know you use the word toxic, right. um, and it's an adjective. It's an adjective. So a person may appear to be toxic to me mm. based on my lifestyle, yeah. but they might not view themselves as toxic, toxic right. based on their lifestyle. It is so that's when you modify the relationship. You know, you can decrease communication, you can decrease spending time. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes down to family members, no matter what route you take, they're still going to be related to you, but you just modify what the relationship looks like. What the relationship looks like and what the communication style looks like based off of what fits for your piece. Yes. All of the above. In order to keep your mind 
in order to keep your peace. Wow. And the same applies to the professional example I was going to provide. Yeah. You know, we you have to just decide what's best for you. Yeah. You know, we all need employment. We all need means to take care of ourselves. But sometimes, you know, once you are in a, an environment where it's dis- disrupting your peace, then you have to decide what action I'm going to take again. Back to the three Ps. You know, am I going to pursue some other type of work environment that's um, the best for me and provides me with an opportunity to contribute my time and talents in a positive way? Yeah. Or am I going to stick it out and just deal with whatever is disrupting my peace? Yeah, I like that. And with the name of my podcast being Peace of Mind, I actually got that from an opportunity where I felt like my peace was being constantly disrupted from a different scenario and a different situation and I was just kind of tired of allowing it to do so but at that time I didn't value and focus on peace as much as I wish that I did because it wasn't it wasn't consciously in my mind I was just living life but I didn't think like I want to have peace on a continual basis so for peace of mind to be on one side and the disruption of peace to be on the other side I just love the contrast of that of we all regardless of family friends different areas and components of life we want peace in each one of these areas yes we want joy as well but we want peace in addition to that too so I think that my question is yes I agree completely that we should modify certain aspects when things disrupt our peace. But I also think that there is a certain level of effort and energy that we should put into something mm-hmm. before we classify and label it as a disruption. Oh, and I what I mean by that is, say, for example, you're my mom. Say, I want you to do something. And then you say, no, I'm not going to do that for whatever reason, because you might not think that's healthy for me or you might not think that's healthy for the relationship or holistically. I don't think it's fair or right for me to just go around and be like, okay, well, she's not supporting me, so that's a disruption of my peace. Let me just change the way I move like. And that goes back to your your part of self-improvement and self-evaluation. That way you can discern what is actually disrupting your peace. Is it you? Is it them? Is it a combination of both of you all? That way you can make an appropriate decision of what is truly disrupting your peace. Because I think one thing that people really get flabbergasted about is when they say, okay, well, you're disrupting my peace. I'm going to leave you alone. Then they go and try to find somebody else. And a similar situation is happening as well. So it's now, okay, was it that person? Or is it me? And how many times do we have to go through scenarios and situations for a person to finally come to the conclusion and acceptance of? And you think it's funny because even with people like, this is random, but even with people dating or friends or applying for jobs or getting into arguments with people, you would think that after a person gets, and I speak for society here. You would think that after a person gets into maybe two, three, four-ish, five similar incidents that they'd be like, dang, like, I must be doing something wrong. No, but that's not what people think. Humans don't do that. No, people, it's, it's so, so interesting. It's easier to blame someone else. People will literally be like, the you world is tripping right now. That is true. Like, people will hey, say that. We don't pissed off 20 people. In a row. That's right. And not, we say it's the 20 people. 
Because, and we'll feel confident about yes, saying that. because it's so easy to put the blame on someone else. It is difficult to self-evaluate and make changes. Yeah, and I think that some things are powerful when people are truly honest with themselves because one of my friends in general was just talking about therapy because their other friends went to therapy. And I just asked them, like, oh, why have you never, like, explored that opportunity? Just a curious question. And they said a very honest statement. They said, it's not that I don't want to. It's just with where I am right now mentally, I don't think that I'm prepared to hear Ah. certain aspects about myself that I'm not ready to accept. Yes. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier about being flexible and being accepting. And I was like, wow. Self-evaluation is hard. And then one thing I wanted to mention too, Chris, is it takes time. To get to that level of self-evaluation. I am at a a very mature time in my life. And it took me a long time to accept that I am a very impatient person. Mm -hmm. It took me, you know, people would say things, you know, tangibly, you don't necessarily listen or you're quick to be dismissive, you know, in certain situations. And I was like, oh, that's not true. That's not true. That's not me. But I, I am a very impatient person so now in all of these years I know that I'm impatient when something happens I try I'm not always great at it but I try to be like okay emphasis on try you know did I I, did I ask Christopher to do something and did I tell him I wanted him to do it yesterday because sometimes you can communicate something to, to a person and the message that you're trying to communicate is not received the way you thought wow. you communicated it. Wow. And that's so big because one of my friends taught me exactly what you're saying in a different way. And I literally brag about this in every podcast that I record, every person that I talk to. It probably is displayed across so many different themes, but intent versus impact. Oh my gosh. Every day that I woke up, I almost have never woken up in the morning out of my bed and say, you know what? I want someone to have a horrible day today. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never woke up out of my bed and say, you know what? I'm about to rain on someone's front and just exhaust them. I don't think a lot of people say that because to That's me, not my, intent. Word, my intention is never to make you upset, to make you mad, to make you angry, to make you sad, to make you X, Y, and Z. But that doesn't negate the fact that that's the impact you had on someone. And someplace. that doesn't negate the fact that's the impact. And, and some people so think is, some people think that as soon as they say, well, I didn't mean to do that. I, I meant to do well, it. But you didn't. You did it. This and, is how I feel. some people don't even know that they had that impact on Right. Them. And I think that there's a fine balance because when somebody impacts somebody negatively, I do think that there's a certain level of accountability that that person has to communicate. That way that person becomes aware yes. and conscious of it. But I think once that person communicates... Then you got dual accountability. Then you have dual accountability. And it's up to that person to modify and adjust and adapt based off of what I've communicated to you. Yes, yes. Because people I'm, negatively impact people all of the time. That's very true. But that was the second thing I wanted to bring up too because I mentioned a few minutes ago how I'm impatient, but I'm sensitive too. I've been accused of being sensitive. And at first I was like, okay, you can't accuse me of being sensitive just because you insensitive. You know what I mean? However, mm-hmm. self-evaluation is important. Even if the other person is insensitive, that does not negate the fact that maybe I need to evaluate how sensitive I am for my next or for my future encounters. Wow. 
too and being conscious, to make them right. And being conscious and being aware of things are extremely important. It is and, very important. Yeah, yeah. Very no, important. Being self-aware. Self-aware is very important. And it's I just, just want to just lift it up again, Christopher. It is so easy to blame other people. No, it is. It's, you know, being a victim and it's everybody's fault. But... You know, you can take that stance if you want to. That's all you. Right. But the truth of the matter is, things are always going to be set the same. You will always be the victim. Right. And it's always going to be someone else's fault. Right. And then there will be no and change. And at that point, you have to ask yourself the quality of life that I'm living exactly. that you're living right now. Is this worth the... Me staying in the same place. Me or being, me not changing Me being unhappy my with everything and everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... My last question to you for the world to see and for the world to know is if you were if if they were to take one thing away from this podcast, away from this episode, whether that's one tool that you actually want people to remember that you want people to do or just one cognitive thought that you want them to resonate with what would you say? What would you tell them? What is your time stamp? I would say... What is Tangela Gray's remark? Be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Stay true to your authentic self. That's what I would recommend. You know, we've talked about these three P's, people, process, and performance. We've talked about self-evaluation. We've talked about perception versus reality. We've talked about in, intent versus impact. Yeah. In all of these things that we've talked about today, I would just strongly recommend that you take steps to be true to your authentic self. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you. I think that this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful episode. And I know that the viewers are going to love listening and watching to this. So um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Peace of Mind, where we value our health, our body, and our time. And that's it for this one. This is the peace that you cannot buy. Finding a way where you cannot see. Mind with this system, you cannot pray. I need to find relief.